Hello, everybody. This is Steve Poos Benson's podcast, and I'm your host, Steve Poos Benson. Hey, I want to post today the sermon that I preached this past Sunday, March 11th. I believe sermons have an echo effect. You hear them on Sunday morning, and then they kind of echo in your soul throughout the week. And I always believe that it's nice to kind of go back and listen to a sermon about a point or an insight that you might have missed. And that's the beauty about a podcast. You can re-listen to the sermon when you're out uh, walking the dog, washing the dishes, uh, commuting to work. You can pause the podcast. You can re- uh, rewind it and review the last 30 seconds, hoping that in some way, shape, or form that you'll catch a new insight or a new idea. So I'm preaching on gratitude from Thessalonians, Paul's letter to the church at Thessalonica. Robert Johnson is reading the scripture passage, and then I dive into the sermon. Hey, listen to it. I hope you get something new out of it. And now, friends, we ask you to honor those leaders who work so hard for you, who have been given the responsibility of urging and guiding you along in your obedience. Overwhelm them with appreciation and love. Get along among yourselves, each of you doing your part. Our counsel is that you warn the freeloaders to get a move on. Gently encourage the stragglers and reach out for the exhausted, pulling them to their feet. Be patient with each person, attentive to individual needs, and be careful that when you get on each other's nerves, you don't snap at each other. Look for the best in each other, and always do the best to bring it out. Be cheerful no matter what. Pray all the time. Thank God no matter what happens. This is the way God wants you, who belong to the Christ, Jesus, to live. You know, um, I believe in reincarnation. And when I come back, God is going to give me a voice like Robert Johnson. Let's give Robert a who's round of applause. Man. Man, it's awesome. It is awesome. Impossible gratitude. Impossible gratitude. So are you waking up to gratitude? Are you waking up? Are you enjoying gratitude? Maybe you had a week like mine. Somebody asked me this morning, so how was your week? I said, well, at least I'm uh, mowing the grass and not pushing it up. It was one of those uh, weeks where it's just kind of like everything that could go wrong went wrong. But I'm so grateful I'm doing this preaching sermon series because it's helping me wake up. And I started to try to find all the different ways, the little things that I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for the dog at the feet. I love having the dog at the feet. I'm grateful for dinner. You know, sometimes we just need to pause and be grateful for the food on our table, be grateful for dinner. I'm grateful for an electric blanket. An electric blanket is God's gift to us, sharing with us that God loves us and cares about us. You, know, you turn it on about 30 minutes before you get there, and you just wrap yourself in the covers. I just love it. The only part that I hate about an electric blanket is when that alarm went off at 4 this morning, that was 5. Oh, I did not want to get out of bed. But just waking up, you're in a warm bed, you know, or are you on cruise control? Are you on cruise control? You know, just trying to make it through your life not being aware of what's going on. 
You know, we live in such a beautiful world, but are you just kind of like cruising through it? You know, if this, if this is you, then what we want you to do is to wake up to all the beautiful aspects of life. And that's what we've been doing during this sermon series, is try to find a way to wake you up during the season of Lent. And hopefully you are now kind of aware, we want you to become aware that we're in the season of Lent, these 40 days of renewal that go from Ash Wednesday to Easter Sunday. Lent is a time for introspection and reflection, and it's a time that uh, we want you to think about how to grow and mature in your faith, and we want you to think about that through gratitude, how you can be grateful. And so when I set out to uh, select these passages I wanted to preach upon, I knew I had to pick this pick and preach on this passage from Thessalonians. But I got to tell you something. I really wrestled with this passage. Well, there's some really good things in this passage and good things to focus on. There's a line, there are two lines, actually there are three lines in this passage that I really, really wrestled with. In fact, I wrestled with them so much after the 8 o'clock service, someone came to me and they said, I found it so refreshing that the preacher disagreed with the Bible. You know, and, and I think that that's an important thing to say, that you have the permission to wrestle with the Bible, to wrestle with scripture passages, and find ones that you don't agree with. And these are, these are ones that, that I don't agree with. Paul says, be cheerful no matter what. Pray all the time. Now, I agree with that line, pray all the time. But thank God no matter what happens. Be cheerful no matter what. Then the second line, thank God no matter what happens. Now, I have a difficult time with be cheerful no matter what. Because, you know, how much does that mean that we're going to put on a, a, a fake front, a facade? You know, if we're not feeling cheerful on the inside, we're feeling broken or painful or tragic, you know, and that, you know, Paul tells us to be cheerful, how much does it mean that we're going to have to put on a mask? You know, if we put on a mask to say, you know, keep away from my pain, don't get close to my pain, because really, do you really care about my pain? And so that when we're supposed to be cheerful all the time and we can't be or we don't want to be or we don't think people care, what we end up saying is, I'm fine. I'm fine. Don't worry about me. I'm fine. You know, when people tell me that they're fine, I always remember what fine stands for, the acronym that fine stands for. The acronym is, I'm frustrated, I'm insecure, neurotic, and emotional, so leave me alone. You know, when people tell me they're fine, I usually try to ask the next question behind it and says, so what's really going on? So what's really going on with you and with your life? Because, you know, I would rather have somebody be real with me. I'd rather have somebody tell me when I ask them, so how's it going? If their life sucks, I want them to say, my life is going terrible right now. It is falling apart. I just don't know what to do with my life. See, I'd rather have that type of honesty. Because you know what it does? It allows me to pray for the person. You know, I'm someone who believes very much in prayer. And you know, you might not be able to alleviate the pain right there, but you know what? When you pray with somebody, you walk with them in the journey. But you can only walk with them in the journey if, if, they're, if it's an authentic relationship. If there's authentic. I want you to be real. I want you to be real with me. Hopefully, I want you to be real with each other. And I don't expect you to be happy all the time. 
And then there's this other line. Thank God no matter what happens. Thank God no matter what happens. Hmm. You know, if there was ever a line that I disagreed with in the Bible, it's that line. Thank God no matter what happens. Because, you know, I started, this is one where I really wrestled with this line. I started thinking about it, and I decided some pretty harsh things. I decided that this is wrong, it's naive, and it's theologically bankrupt. It is wrong to thank God no matter what happens when what happens is our children become sick and ill. To the point where they might be able to be hospitalized. Or, heaven forbid, they pass away. How can you thank God no matter what happens when that is what happens? And I think it's naive for us to thank God no matter what happens when what happens is that you get on the financial destruction and you have to file for bankruptcy and heaven forbid your house is foreclosed upon and you are set out of your house. It's, that's naive. How can we thank God no matter what happens when that is what happens? And then I think it's theologically bankrupt if no matter what happens, what happens is an earthquake. Or do you remember last year when we were going through this like this tsunami of things that were happening? There was a the hurricane in Houston, then there was the earthquake in, uh, in, New Me in Mexico City, and then there was that hurricane down in, in Florida and Puerto Rico, and then there were the fires in San Francisco. It just kept on rolling and rolling and rolling to the point that I was feeling overwhelmed. And, you know, how can you thank God for those things when those things happen? See, I don't think you can. I don't think you can. I'm not thankful when these things happen. I'm not thankful to God no matter what happens. Now there's a line in there that I do agree with Paul when he says, pray without ceasing. You know, as I said, I, I try to consider myself a person of prayer. And when these things happen, these, whether it's you know, sickness and illness, bankruptcy, or natural disasters, I believe in praying for these people and walking with these people and doing it consistently all day long. And if you're one of these people in the middle of those situations, I can't encourage you enough to lean into God with prayer. To lean into God. Because it's a way of reminding yourself that God is there and that God is walking with you. But there's other two phrases. Thank God for all that happens. You know, I wrestled with it so much that I went to the Greek. I went to the, back to the Greek. My Greek is a little on the rusty side. But I pulled it out and interpreted the passage, and it goes like this. Or, oh, I wrestled with the passage. The Greek is this. Thank God in all things. See, it's a change of a preposition. Thank God in all things. Not for all things, but in all things. And a really accurate translation of that is thank God in the midst of all things. See, now suddenly this begins to make sense. So instead of like thanking God for everything that happens, is no, in the middle of everything that happens, we need to find ways to thank God in the middle of it. In the middle of it. Because, you know, I don't know about you, but when tragedy happens to me, whether it's my own health, the health of my wife, the health of my kids, when life becomes a burden or the church becomes a burden, whatever it is, 
my bandwidth goes from like this to like this. I'm only able to process so much. And I, you know, the only thing I can focus on is the next step in front of me, the next step in front of me. And that's okay if that bandwidth shrinks like that for, you know, six weeks, a month, a month and a half, two months. But when it becomes longer than like six months, if it goes from six months to a year, see what happens, I think, when your bandwidth shrinks like that, there's several things that happens, but I think one of the worst things that happens is you become cynical. And you become a bitter person. And you forget about gratitude. You forget about giving thanks in the midst of all things. And you know, that's why for me, what I've decided, what I believe in is that there are certain aspects of our faith that are a discipline, that they don't come natural to us. And that's why it's a discipline. We have to work at that. Like, I believe optimism is a discipline. I believe inspiration is a discipline. I believe that prayer is a discipline. And now in this preaching series, I really believe that gratitude is a discipline. In the middle of all things that are happening, especially the all things that are going on, we need to practice the discipline of finding things to be grateful for. We had a men's group this past week, and I sat down, we talked to the group, and I told them how I was wrestling with this passage. And one of the things they said is, you know, that sometimes in the middle of the hard times, you've got to find little things to be grateful for. Little things to be grateful for. You know, and it's as simple as, you know what, I'm going to be grateful for this day. Today. I'm going to be grateful that I have life today. I can get out of bed, and I can breathe, and I have a body that works, blood that courses through my veins. I'm going to be grateful for this day. Every day, there's got to be something to be grateful for. You know, I'm going to be grateful for the changing seasons. You know, yesterday I was up in the high country, and uh, it was snowing. And I, and I felt my body go, snow. You know, it's been so long. You know, this drought is so long that I, I just felt like, you know, just allowing the snow just to kind of wash over me and, and to watch it snow, it was so beautiful. And to find a way to be grateful for the changing of the seasons. Like right now, the season is changing. You know, we're, we're moving into spring and crocuses are going to begin to break through the soil. And the sap is going to be able to start running through the trees. And there's got to be a way that we can be grateful, grateful for just these little things, the changing of the seasons. Can we be grateful? Can we be grateful for the sunshine? You know, we have, that's one thing, we have an abundance here in Colorado of sunshine. Can we not take that for granted and be grateful for the sunshine? You know, I'll never forget when uh, we used to have some students from the American School of the Blind that is real close to us. They, would, they came and they spoke to us. And they talked about the fact that one of the things that they have to learn how to do uh, when they are blind is they have to figure out, they have to orient themselves in the world. How do they orient themselves? Because it's so easy to become disoriented. And they teach them the very first thing to do is to stop and turn your face up and find the sun. And that from the sunshine, orient yourself to north, south, east, and west. And what I love about that, I've never forgotten that, is that, you know, sometimes... Life can be disoriented. We can be completely disoriented. 
And sometimes we need something that's going to ground us, to help us figure out north, south, east, west. Maybe that's what the sunshine can do. To ground you in the fact that you're here and that you are alive. You know, for me, that's the, the discipline of gratitude. That's being grateful in the midst of all things. In the midst of all things. Now that is the first passage, the first part of this passage, is that when you're doing, when you are finding it impossible to be to grateful, how to find gratitude, that discipline. And then the passage shifts. And the passage is actually, this is the previous uh, verses to, to that verse. And I believe what Paul is talking to those of us who are do, doing really well in life, that things are going smoothly, smoothly in our life, and we're finding that we can be grateful for life. What Paul is, I believe, calling us is for us to come along beside these people and to walk with them until they can find a place where they can be grateful in their life. And look what Paul says. I love these lines. He says, gently encourage the stragglers. Reach out to the exhausted. Be patient with each other. Be attentive to individual needs. Don't snap at each other. That's my favorite. Don't snap at each other. Bring out the best in each other. Bring out the best in each other. Because, you know, I think what I believe is that when people are going through difficult times, they do feel alone. They do feel isolated. And what they need is someone who can come along beside them in a very non-judgmental way. You know, one of the things you can say is, come on, get over it. Come on, can't you feel better? Come on. What, you, what they need is you know, someone who's going to come along beside them and reach out to them. And to be patient. And to be kind. And to be gently encouraging. You know, they need that type of person. To help lift their burdens. You know, when I think about lifting the burdens, I think about you know, the story of Simon and Cyrene, this uh, powerful passage that Mitch wrote from Jesus the Last Mile, where he talks about you know, Simon and Cyrene, Jesus is carrying his cross, and he's going to uh, the hill of Golgotha, and he falls down and he can't get back up. Well, Simon is impressed into the, from the crowd to carry the cross. And there's some beautiful paintings of this. One of my favorites is where Simon gets up underneath the cross and carries the cross, and he picks up and he carries Jesus. That's what it means to reach out to these people, to get underneath and to lift them and to walk with them. You know, another thing that I believe what it means to walk with somebody is, is that nobody has to cry alone. Nobody has to cry alone. What it means to be a follower of Jesus is you're going to walk with somebody in the middle of their tears so that they do not have to cry alone. I don't know if you recognize uh, the picture. This is from the TV drama, This Is Us. Uh, I don't watch a lot of TV, but my daughter and my wife said, you've got to watch this drama. And it's one of these dramas that I encourage everybody to watch. It's a story about a family um, who goes through some terrible tragedies and trials and how they deal with the, the, the pain and how they deal with the dysfunction within the family. 
But one of the beautiful things about this, this movie, this, this drama, is how that they constantly come around each other to the point where, where nobody has to cry alone. That there's constantly somebody with them in the middle of their lives. You know, and that's what I kind of think of. You know, all of our families are dysfunctional in some way, shape, or form. But can we not break through the dysfunction and come around each other so that nobody has to cry alone? And then Paul says something that I, I just, I love this. I love this. He says, look for the best in each other. And always do your best to bring it out. You know, the people who are, who are struggling in life like this, they forget their best. They forget their best. They forget their best selves. And what they need is someone who's going to reach in and grab a hold of that best self and not let them forget it. It's one of the things I love about Love, Inc. that we do. We support the, this organization called Loving that Catherine talked about. This, this organization does an amazing job of reaching into people's hard times and grabbing a hold of them and letting them know that there is a better self than what they're going through. That they are a child of God, that they have spiritual gifts, that they are good people. And this organization works to set them on their ground, set them on their feet. And that's what we need to do. To grab hold of people in the middle of their pain and say, you are a child of God. You do have spiritual gifts. You have a beautiful, bright future in front of you. And I am not going to let you go until you discover it. As long as it takes, I am going to walk with you until you discover it. And then you know what the powerful thing about that is? Is when we surround them with compassion and we, we grab hold of them that way, what happens is eventually we, we discover, I believe, the core of gratitude. That the person becomes grateful to us. We become grateful to them. Because you know why? When we try to pull out their best self, we discover our own best self. We've discovered what is ultimately important to us. And that is to surround each other with love and care and compassion. And that is what it means to live a grateful life. So there you go. I appreciate you listening. I hope you have a wonderful week and that God's Spirit is going to touch you and that your life will be filled of grace, mercy, and hope. Take care. I hope to see you on Sunday.